Everyone, this is a pose on the matrix. It is a Monday night. It is the 23rd of September 2019. Uh, a day that could go down in infamy. We'll see. Um, of course, you have me, Dave, and uh, Jim, and Eric. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey, from Detroit. Ah, from Detroit. Uh, Eric's from South Dakota, and I'm from the People's Republic of Oregon. So, <laughs> we see somebody down south, and we got every corner covered, huh? That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so um, tonight, folks, uh, the show is titled "Turkey, Russia, and um, Iran have formed a tripartite uh, agreement in regard to Syria." And where's that going to go? Could that lead to Ezekiel 37 and 38? Um, when we get a chance, I'm going to read Ezekiel 37 and 38, but Jim has a surprise that he wants to throw at us, and uh, so we're going to go ahead and just uh, and begin with that. So go ahead, Jim. Okay, well, the first thing is that um, when Trump send, is getting ready to send troops over to support Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. if we are those that dwell carelessly on the isles, which I believe we are, this is also in Ezekiel 38-39. So we got a complete battle of uh, Ezekiel's 38th battle just prior to the tribulation. We've got this scenario set up right now, right here in front of our eyes, or at least the beginning makeup of it. Now, mm-hmm. last week, last week we were talking about the idea of um, the cosmic Christ coming back, and maybe through some of our movies, it's the paved, the way has already been paved to present this scenario. Remember, I compared it to the video game, uh, The Last Starfighter? Right. Our kid was playing his video game, and his video game was actually planted there by aliens to recruit. They had this, they couldn't interfere with that society because it hadn't done space exploration yet. So, yet they were in a battle area where they're going to be affected. If their enemy wins, they lose and they'll be made slaves. So they wanted to give that planet a chance to recruit some of its members. So what they did is planted video games to see what people in this planet were capable of immediately going and fighting and helping their planet. Well, this one kid was, so they picked him up. He's driving in his car and all of a sudden it goes off the cliff and the guy, you know, takes off the mask and goes, Prita, Prita now. And then talking in, in some alien language, and all of a sudden, this thing takes off up into space, and the next thing you know, he's in a wormhole going to, you know, to the thing that he played in the uh, in the video game. Once he got there, he was totally familiar with everything, jumped right into one of their starfighters, knew how to use it, outpiloted most of the other aliens, and became the hero of the day. So, huh. saying all that, in that comparison, uh, this is the good stuff, man. This This is... In 1952, there was a Project Penguin, and what the government realized from the MK Ultra is that the Nazis were way ahead 
in mind control, manipulation, and things. And so this led them to the understanding that, that what they wanted to do was bring in psychics and see if they could make contact with these so-called aliens. And there was one particular gal that was very successful in it. And they had some Indian doctor with a Buddhist and uh, Hindu uh, background and understandings, uh, a Dr. Bree Buharich. And uh, he um, had this one psychic and she contacted the just they called themselves the, the nine. They were a general princess of gods. And and they said they were over certain planetary areas and it was their responsibility to keep an overlook at them they had a prime directive not to interfere with any other planets that or not to make a general appearance to any other planets that had not gotten into interstellar uh, travel yet so what they would do if they had to make an impact or do something in there they would pretend to be one of them and go and clandestinely work within the system and uh, so um, this nine ended up creating, or I mean, I mean, the contact from this nine, there was uh, another, a uh, few other people. They formed the Round Table Foundation. And there was, uh, these were people composed of people that were, had come from this background and was aware of the program that they were working on. They wanted to get a further program, a more in-depth program. Their focus was how do we, this is important stuff. How do we get the whole world influenced so they sought out people in the media people people that were around there was one guy who became the most gifted that would belong to this round table for, for foundation he agreed that it was important for media through popular media media like television and and whatnot to to create something of a fictional story that would inform the masses and prepare them for when they do appear, because they were saying they are ready to appear. We're we're on the verge of total annihilation and destruction. They are going to make an intervention, but they don't want to scare anybody. They want to get them ready and get them familiar with everything. You know who the most gifted person was? Who? Have you ever watched a program that talked about the Prime Directive? Yeah, Star Trek. Were, Gene Roddenberry. Huh. Yeah. He wow. was the guy. Yeah, he was the most gifted, and he created star trek and star trek is created from much of the information coming from what we know as fallen angels or demons they are the ones setting us all up they're the ones that are setting the whole thing up i mean it's coming right from hell so you know what it doesn't surprise me at all that is what we're going to get mm-hmm. oh my gosh i wow. you know and i just i went out and bought um a star trek uh intercom thing because uh-huh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start wearing this, man. I'm going to start letting people know this is important. Look at this. You know, it's it's a lie. Um, I've even created a character. I might be, I don't know. I, I don't know how far I'm going to go with this. I'll just have to really pray about it. But it's uh, um, Captain Jerk um, Liar from the Starship Delusion. <laughs> <laughs> well, my website, we resist those things. <laughs> <laughs> with all, all my heart i do too i'm yeah. just making a mockery of this thing you know but right, but right. Uh, you know i mean i don't think it was by chance guys that we were just talking about this last week and then here gordy sends me this video of one of the last um ancient alien series wow it's just it blew me away i'm going oh my gosh you know this is this is too real man it's uh, it wouldn't surprise me can you imagine the impact i mean a lot of people just laugh at this stuff but that program is huge Oh yeah, for sure. Now yeah. the, 
the haunting words. If you ever get into, you know, have any time or anything, um, I think it's, I'm not sure which streaming program it's on. It's, um, you can probably get it from, I think it's Channel 4 is what features it. It's uh, Star Trek Discovery. Uh-huh. And I, I love the program. It's mostly about time travel and interdimensional wormholes and, you know, and all kinds of singularity, all kinds of stuff like that. So the last episode, the very last word was said in that episode was when the future becomes the past, the present huh. revealed. <laughs> and you've got uh. What I'm talking about, man, like, oh, you, know, yeah, we've said, you know, that the war in heaven has not happened in our linear experience yet. But when it does, it creates the past. And when the past is created, the present, the present appears revealed yeah. what it really is. Wow. My God, that's what we're that's what we're on the verge of. The Matrix. I'm excited, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. I mean, that's I, I've incorporated that all of that into the museum, too. Um Last minute stuff, but I'm I'm not really done yet. I'm working on it. My gosh, I, I went I went to I wore my Star um, Laboratories shirt today, <laughs> and I wore my army hat. And uh-huh. I'm going in a group of kids there. They said, "Oh yeah, I like that man. Do you know what that is?" I said, "You better believe I do." I said, "And I love it, man. I watch all the DC and the, I said, guys, believe it or not, the physics in there is real." And I wrote uh-huh. a book about of it matter of fact it's real because i found it in the bible i'm an ordained minister but believe it or not i know everything you're watching i agree with a lot of the physics and the science but this is the biggest con job in the world so right. we started talking some questions they're coming down to my museum they can't wait to check it out nice so, very good awesome man <clears throat> that's awesome i tell you well so, speaking, but, speaking of the past and the future jim I'm sorry, were you finished? I don't want to take your time. No, no, I was just going to try to segue into, our, you know, getting back to our discussion. We are on the eve of everything that we read in the Bible. It's all right. set up. It's right. waiting for it to happen now. Exactly. And, I, I you know, I talk, you and I talked on the phone earlier. <clears throat> I don't know if it was today or yesterday or whatever. Um, does it's immaterial. But um, I had been looking um, on, you know, and uh, people knock Facebook, and, and I don't like Facebook that much, but I get a lot of stuff from there. I'm sorry. You know, I really do. A lot of people post things on there that really, uh, that, that I use to, uh, to write articles, to, to read, to, to study, and everything else. And one little thing that, uh, I've been following for years, and I've been waiting, you know, because of my heritage and everything else, but, um, is the Ezekiel 38, or, yeah, 38 and 39, um, war that's going to happen we know that 37 talks about the for- reformation of israel mm-hmm. um and uh you know it's in in a linear way 38 and 39 come afterwards so you know you have to look at it as being something after 37 so uh, <clears throat> and interestingly enough it was 70 years i think it was last year or this year's been 70 years since uh the state of israel was formed that was last yep. year it was, 19, it was yep. 2018 yep. Yep. So this is the 71st year. Actually, it hasn't. Yeah, it has started. It started in May. But anyway, um, so it's been over 70 years now, and uh, some people consider that could consider that a generation. And uh, Jesus said that uh, that the things that he was talking about were not going to be fulfilled. No, he actually he said they would be filled before this generation died. Actually, if, I'm just paraphrasing. So you know, right. Take, yep. Um, but anyway, so uh, I've been looking and watching. I used to have something called Turkey Watch on my. <laughs> on my website 
And, you know, it, it got kind of quiet for, for quite a long time. But then uh, Turkey's been – well, Turkey used to be an ally. It used to be a NATO ally of the United States. I think they still are in NATO. Uh, how much of an ally they are. Trump called uh, Egg Rogan his friend today. Um, and if that's true, then, then Trump needs to find new friends. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I think I was all diplomatic. Anyway, but I, I was going to say I, he does that a lot to his enemies, though. Yeah, to get him off to get him off guard. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's an article on the Russian news agency, and I figured I should get this from either Russian news, Turkish news, or Iranian news. And I really don't care to go to Turkey and Iranian news because there's a lot of Muslim uh, bovine scatology there. But um, anyway, it's uh, the articles. Presidents of Russia, Turkey, and Iran agree on forming a Syrian constitutional committee, the fifth tripartite summit in Iran, Russia, and Turkey, focusing on Syria, was held in Turkey's Ankara, or Ankara, however you say it, on Monday. And to sum it up, basically, they made a, a pact to go into into Syria to finish cleaning up Syria. Um, Obama, you know, you might not believe this, folks, but Obama was actually fighting against Russia and and these other countries. It it, it is such a it is such a spider web over there. It is it's yeah. really weird because Russia really doesn't like Iran, but they're they're in league with Iran because I think Iran hates the United States, but Russia is uh, you know trying to be friends with the United States, and you know Turkey used to be friends with the United States and now likes Russia better. And it's it's like a, a a neighborhood of misguided children. <laughs> it's really is the Middle East. Is, the whole world is actually. It is. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so you know, it doesn't surprise me because, and and I'm going to read, and I and I please bear with me, folks, because I'm going to be reading out of the King James verse. I'm going to read Ezekiel 38 and 39, and then we can kind of expound on that. A lot of the nations that are in that are mentioned in here are actually located in Turkey. Um, some of them are are in uh, in Europe, in Eastern Europe. Uh, are very few. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and if you look at the Muslim invasion of Europe, that's easier to understand now. And Turkey, it's happened with Turkey's blessing. Uh, I think Turkey's brought it on, actually. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, um, so, uh, you know, Turkey, Russia and Persia, which is really Iran, uh, people that come from Iran that came while the Shah was there or escaped after the Shah left, call themselves Persians. They don't call themselves Iran- Iranians. Um, and it's another another fact that maybe some of you didn't know. But um, anyway, there's a picture here of them all holding hands. Uh, I keep thinking of them singing the Barney the Dinosaur song <laughs> when they're holding hands. But uh, <laughs> I love you, you love me. <laughs> we'll die in Israel, one, two, three. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so bear with maybe me, okay, guys? And I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, let's start with Ezekiel 37 and... Uh, again, it's the King James, and I, I just I just like the King James. I can't help it. It, it just says things in a, kind of a poetic way. And if you're going to see a war happen, what, what better way to see it than in a poetic way? Um, and there's a lot of a lot of um, phraseology and stuff in there that kind of gets lost in the newer versions. So, and if there's any questions, by the way, um, our uh, chat room is open. And, and all I ask is that if you come into the chat room, don't start mocking people last week we had some guy somebody that was mocking gordy tong and and i listened to it a little bit and tried to try to straighten him out and uh, i just, i finally had to ban him from the chat room i just you know there's there's probably so much i'll take huh probably some kid yeah probably and uh so anyway he, he's gone and can't come back to the chat room but um so you know just 
realize that we're all grown-ups here and that we should all act like grown-ups. And, uh, uh, you know, if you got a beef with somebody, uh, you know, put it in a nice way. Maybe we can talk about it. But um, anyway, so let me uh, – I'm going to enlarge my screen here. So, I, you know, I have a whole bunch of stuff here. So starting with Ezekiel 37.1, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which is full of bones. Oops, that's 37. I don't want to be there. Yeah, <laughs> the dry bones was the coming together of uh, Israel. Yes, okay, so right. there's 38, and I'm going to go here and go to 39. Okay, so now I got it right. So now let me start over. <clears throat> okay, son of, uh, and a word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshesh and Tubal, and prophecy against him. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks in thy jaws and bring you forth and all thine armies and horses and horsemen and them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company of bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, with, all, uh, with them, all of them with uh, shield and helmet. Gomer and all of his bands, the house of Togarma, which is, uh, believe it or not, is, um, uh, what do you call that, um, the Armenians. <laughs> um, okay, the house of Togarma and north quarters and all of his bands and many people with thee. And thou beest prepared and prepare for thyself, prepare for, prepare for thyself thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee and be thou a guard unto them. And after many days thou shalt be visited in the latter years, <clears throat> the latter years, the uh, future becoming the present, um, mm-hmm. thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword that is gathered out of the many people against the mountains of Israel, which thou which has been put to waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. They shall ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt, oh, thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass that at the same time shall things come into my mind, shall things come into my mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, those that dwell safe, those that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. And if you've been to Israel, hence, you know, it's speaking of that. Uh, take a spoil and take a prey ter- to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Shebad and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish um, with all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take prey? to carry away silver and gold and to take cattle and goods and to take great spoil. Now, remember, those are questions, okay? Now, it just hit me when we were reading that, guys, that uh, he's asking, in other words, you're saying, what's the real reason why you're here? Exactly okay? right. Okay, yep. so moving on. Therefore, son of man, prophesy, prophesy and say unto Gog, thus saith the Lord God, in that day when my people of Israel dwell safely, shalt thou, shalt thou not know it? And for all you people that don't believe that Israel should be in the land, well, God disagrees with you because he's talking to them right here. Amen. Yeah. And thou shalt come uh, from thy place out of the north parts thou, 
And many people with thee, all of them riding upon great horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. And it shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may say, that the heathen may know me when I shall sanctify in thee, O God, uh, O God, before thy eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, <clears throat> Art thou he whom I have spoken of time by, uh, in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring uh, thee against them? And it shall come to, uh, to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For my jealousy, and for in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. And the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all of my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. They're going to fight each other. <laughs> and I will plead him. Uh, and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. Then I will rain upon him, upon all of his bands, and upon uh, the many people that are with him, an overflowing rain, a great of great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Not going to be a good time. Uh, thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord. Now that's the first chapter I wanted to read. The second one, I don't think it's that long. Okay, 39.1 of Ezekiel. Therefore, son of man, prophecy against Gog, and say, Thus says the God, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Make sure I'm not reading the same thing twice. Okay. And I will turn thee back and leave but a sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and I will bring upon thee the, mountain, the, the mountains of Israel, and I will smite the, thy bow out of thy left hand, and will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all the bands, and the people that is with thee, and I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You've heard Jim and I talk about Islam dying on the mountains of Israel and being bird food. Yeah. That's where we get that. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yep. Yeah. This is it. Yep. Yep. Okay. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. And I will send... Now listen to this, folks, if you think that America is not involved in this. Um, mm. And I will send fire on Magog, and among those that dwell carelessly, carelessly in the isles, that they shall know that I am the Lord. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of the people of Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name any more. Shows me there's going to be revival after that. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, I come, and it is done, saith the Lord. This is the day whereof I have spoken. And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set a fire to burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows, and the half staves and the spears, and they shall burn them for, uh, with fire for seven years, so that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any tree out of the forest, for they shall burn the weapons with fire, and they shall spoil those that have spoiled them, and rob those that robbed them, saith the Lord. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto the Gog a place of their uh, a graves of in Israel, 
um, the valley of passengers of the east of the sea, and it shall stop, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers, and they shall bury Gog, and all of his multitudes, and they shall call it the valley of Hamangog. And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying them. Then they they may be then they may cleanse the land. Excuse me. Yea, all the people of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renown that they shall be glorified, saith the Lord God. And they shall sever out of men of continual employment passing through the land to bury the passengers, excuse me, yeah, to bury with the passengers those that remain upon the face of the earth uh, to cleanse it after the end of seven months shall they, they, uh, shall they, shall they search. And the passengers that pass through the land where any uh, seeth a man's bone, there he shall set up a sign by it till the till the bruisers, oh excuse me, the barriers, have buried it in the valley of Hamangog, and also the name of the city shall be Hamanoa. Thus say if uh, thus uh, shall they cleanse the land. Um, and the son of man thus saith the Lord God, speak unto every feathered fowl, to every beast of the field, assemble yourselves and gather yourselves on the every side of to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you. God sacrificing for animals. That's interesting. Even a great <laughs> sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that ye may eat the flesh and drink the blood. Isn't that interesting? He's, he's sacrificing for unclean animals. Yeah. Bird <laughs> That's food. Great. Bird food. That's how much regard food. he has for them. He's feeding them unclean animals. Um, yet shall they eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, the rams of the lambs and the goats of the bullock and the fatlings of Bashan. And ye shall eat uh, till ye be filled, and drink the blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Thus ye shall be uh, be filled at my table with uh, with horses and chariots, uh, with mighty men and with men of war, saith the Lord God. Um, and I will set my glory upon the heathen, and all the heathen shall see that my judgments and that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day and forward. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against me. Therefore I hid my face from them and gave them into the hands of their enemies. So fell they all by the sword. According to the uncleanliness and according to their transgressions have I done unto them and hid my face from them. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, now I will bring again the captivity of Jacob. And have mercy upon the whole house of Israel, and will be jealous for, and they will be jealous for my holy name. Um, after that, uh, they have borne, after they have borne their shame, all the trespasses were, whereby they have trespassed against me when I dwelt, when they dwelt safely in their land, and none made them afraid. Uh, three more verses. What have I brought them, <clears throat> brought them again from people, and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, and am sanctified to them in the sight of uh, many nations. Then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, and cause them to be led into captivity among the heathen. But I have gathered them in, unto their own land, and have left them uh, none, and none of them have been left any more. Um, neither shall I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, said the Lord God. So we see um, a revival and uh, a revival in the Holy Spirit, which is pretty neat. So. Anyway, those are the two the, the two chapters. So it looks like um, Jim, why don't you give me a break here and kind of explain who some of these people are? I got to take well, a you know, breather. You know, sure. Um, you know, the thing is that 
just a little bit prior. I'm not sure whether it was in the last part of the 37th chapter or whether it's the very beginning of the 38th chapter. But it says about Gog and Magog that God would put hooks in their jaws and draw them down to this area. They don't want to go. Right. But they have to go. Mm-hmm. Gog and Magog is Russia. Right. And what did Russia just do? They just signed a pact with Syria and Turkey. Are Russia and real friendly with Syria and Turkey? No. Iran. No, yeah. not at all. That's absolutely not at all. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so they're going down there. But what happens when they get down there? They probably see that Syria and Turkey are going nuts and they're not going to be a part of it. Right. There's your there's there's how they start fighting each other. Russia wants to be on our side. They don't want to be on that other side. They just signed a pact. You got no choice now. Now, I'm sure economically or something is going to cause them to have to go down there and comply to the the agreement. Right. You know, I, I mean, something's going to happen that way. So. Jim, Jim, let me let me cut in real quick and ask you a question. Yeah, when, yeah, when, sure. When's the last time you heard of a tripartite um, uh, treaty? Uh, it was back in the last century. It was. I'll uh, tell you. It was. It was. It was. Um, Italy, Germany, and uh, oh yeah, Japan. Oh and, yes, yes. <laughs> and they were all committed to one another that if they either either or any of them got attacked, the other ones would step in. That was yep. the last tripartite agreement I've ever heard about. And what happened when we got bombed by Pearl Harbor? They, Germany declared they, war. Yep. Right. And they were called the Axis Powers. Right. Now, even the Axis Powers, that was based on the swastika and centripetal or centrifugal, uh, centripetal or centrifugal um, flow one way or the other. So, I mean, it had that, that, what, that description the Axis powers was all about the occult beliefs of Helena Blavatsky and all the new age stuff. I mean, right. it, it had nothing to do with the, the necessarily the three nations, but the three nations were very much a part of that uh-huh. almost as a religious uh, in, indoctrination, uh, especially Japan. I mean, cause they had uh, the green dragon society. There was all kinds of stuff. I mean, these people believe everything that Helena, Helena Blavatsky uh, believe. And if you understand that, then you realize that people have said, well, how come the Germans and the Japs? I mean, they wanted to, you know, they want. No, they were on the same page religiously. The Germans looked at the Japanese because of their religious beliefs as spiritual Aryans. Right. They had a bond together. They shared technology. When Germany started to go down, they gave the Japanese all of their technology to continue on because they could see they were kind of going down. So, you know, they had submarines filled with mercury and with other things. Why? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if you read, you probably saw it in the news, but uh, recently, I think it was last week, I work on the weekend, so it's kind of hard. It kind of screws up my time, my time uh, coherence. But um, last week, uh, there was a drone attack on the Saudis. And the Saudis are real friendly with us. We, as a matter of fact, I think we're moving more troops over to Saudi Arabia. We are, and that's another major fulfillment because those that care dwell carelessly on the aisles, and it alludes to, uh, oh, there was another name, and that name could be alluding to the United States of America. Anyways, it says that they have an inner reaction with Saudi Arabia as right. allies during right. this time of war. And, and notice, here you see it happening. You'll notice that Saudi Arabia is is mentioned in the, the Psalm 80, was it 83? Uh, yes, war. yes. But Saudi Arabia yes. is not mentioned in the, in the Ezekiel 38, 39 scenario. Um, you got to remember, too, that the, the Arabs are cousins of the Jews. 
And Saudi Arabia and, and, and Israel have uh, had a warming of relations recently. As a matter of fact, one of the princes of Saudi Arabia recognized Israel's right to exist. He was murdered soon afterwards, but, right. well, you know. The Saudis are Sunni Muslims. They are right. liberals. They are open to the idea that one is coming that supersedes uh, Muhammad himself. That's why the, the, the Iranians, the Shiites, hate the Sunnis. They right. hate them worse than they hate the rest of the world. Because uh-huh. to them, they're blasphemies, blasphemers. They're, um, you know, worse than an infidel because they're supposed to be Muslims faithful to Muhammad. And here they've abandoned Muhammad thinking someone else is coming to supersede. You know that someone else is coming for them? The cosmic Christ. And they'll right. be totally open to him. Yeah. And yep. so, I mean, I mean, everything that the Bible says, right down to the very last little detail mm-hmm. of the raising of the power or the diminishing of their power. Right. Man, it's there exactly the way politics are right now at this moment, which some of it just changed within a matter of days. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the scenario is here. It's just waiting for the uh, catalyst to set exactly. it all. And you know that uh, there's a naval term. I'll fire a shot across their bow, and that's usually a warning sign. Right. Okay. And I believe that what happened in, in Saudi Arabia last week was a, far, a firing of a shell across their bow. I believe you're right. It's like, okay, right. we're going to do something soon, and this is going to happen to you if you intervene. Now, if you draw a line from, from Iran, uh, there used to be that uh, you, we didn't have to worry about um, uh, Babylon. Uh, what am I trying to say? Iraq. Um, because Iraq was a Sunni nation, and that's why Iraq and Iran rose at war, because Iraq right, was, exactly. was more Arabic. Yep. Right. So, but over the years, since since the Gulf War, it's interesting because um, Iraq has become become more and more um, not Sunni Shiite has become more and more Shiite, like the Iranians. Yes. The Iranians yes. have infiltrated yeah. that country, and I do believe that that country would fall in about two seconds. And any American soldiers that are over there, God help them. Yeah. Um, but uh, so that would give them a clear line to go straight from from Iran right to the Mediterranean, and then come down with the Russian forces. Uh, there'd be nothing to stop them, because they've already, they're already planning for Syria. They're in the auspices of cleaning it up, you know, getting rid of ISIS. Um, but when ISIS isn't there, who's there in Lebanon right now? Is it Hamas, or is it uh, the other one? I can't remember, but uh, one of them is entrenched in, in Lebanon. I'm pretty sure it's Hamas that's entrenched in Lebanon. Okay. Or it might be Syria. I, you know... Things change so much back and forth, back and forth. It's hard to keep up with them, man. It's like watching the three cups trying to find out where the ball is. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm serious, man. Well, so if, if so, if Iraq is is basically taken over, so you know, no wonder it doesn't mention um, Iraq or, or Babylon, and because Babylon's not mentioned in that either. If you notice that, uh, that's because Babylon doesn't exist. Babylon is uh, basically a surf state right now by the Iranians. Um, and, and no matter how hard the the American Army and Air Force and, and, and stuff and Navy try to stop that, it's going to happen. Um, so that, that's the reason they're not mentioned. Uh, Syria is, is becoming a surf state of uh, Iran and Russia right now, you know, because the Russians are in there trying to, to help them clean up. They're, they're fighting for uh, Assad Bashar and... Uh, who we were supposed to be against, but then we were for, but then we were against, and now we're for him again. I can never figure that out. Um, so, you know, if he leagues himself up with, with them, 
effectively, the Iranians have control of just about everything except for the Turks, you know, which are in league with them anyway. So um, all, all I'm saying is that something, somebody in, um, in Hamas in, in Lebanon might launch a missile or something and might hit Jerusalem. Who knows? Of course, Israel's going to strike back, and that's going to be a catalyst. Okay, well, you know what? Syria basically is owned by Iran, and Iran, uh, since they own Syria, they own Lebanon because the Syrians own Lebanon, basically. You know, if you look at the what's going on there, um, so it's an attack against one of the tripartite nations, and bam, you know, it's, it all starts off. So um, now, what do you guys think about? Now, I know that we've talked about the coastlands and that we're probably represented by that uh, as are probably maybe some European countries because uh, they live haphazardly in the, in the coastlands. That's for sure. But, they don't uh, believe in walls either. <laughs> no, they don't. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> maybe the fact that we're building a wall on the southern border um, is going to have something to impact for good. I hope so. I think but, so. I hope yeah. so. So, um, so, now, when we're talking about God said He's going to rain down what hailstones and fire and and everything right. else. Now, now, are are you guys of the opinion that that is going to be a literal hailstones, or is this, uh, was Ezekiel being shown something that he could only describe as being hailstones? That's got to be wep- weaponry of some kind, right? Yeah, I would I, so. I, I would think so too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, but you know, with with the crazy weather and knowing that the elite control that weather. Yeah, it could be, but I, I favor impartial to you know they're seeing they're seeing nuclear missile strikes. How yeah. they, they don't know anything about that. So to them, it was it's it's you know um, hailstones coming from heaven. Now I think it's I think it's nukes. They're seeing something they totally can't really understand. So you know that's what it is. Now you know a little later in the program when we start talking about replacement theology. You guys hold me back because I'm going to be foaming at the mouth. Well, no, no, Eric, I'm not going to hold you back. Eric, you Eric, 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 hold, hold Dave and I back. Dave, being Jewish, and me, you know, uh, I have a passion for Israel um, and for the Word of God and what the Word of God tells me. So when we get into replacement theology, oh God, I get so crazy. So Eric, be our leash. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right, thanks, bro. <laughs> yep. Well, you know, I don't know if you. Uh, you guys probably know this, but uh, maybe the audience doesn't. Israel has something called the Samson option. Okay, and I was looking it up in in uh, oh, Wikipedia. I that one up. <laughs> uh, the Samson option it says is the name that some military analysts and authors have given to Israel's deterrence strategy of massive retaliation with nuclear weapons as a last resort against a country whose military has invaded and destroyed much of Israel. Commentators have also uh, employed the trade uh, to, excuse me, the term to refer to situations where non-nuclear, non-Israeli actors have threatened a conventional weapons retaliation, such as Yasser Arafat. Uh, but getting back to the Israelis, um, to last, my last knowledge, I think that the Israelis, um, we, we uh, as during the Carter administration, he, he made a, a ban against it. We were developing something called the neutron bomb. And basically, it was a radiation bomb that didn't explode, but uh, killed everybody uh, that it was, that, was, that was around. And I'm sorry, I don't know why I found that funny. Um, but um, so Carter, the Carter administration, uh, I think they were kind of loyalists to the, to the Russians. And I don't think the Russians had anything close to that or could come in with anything close to that. So 
in order to make them happy and uh, keep world peace. I guess they, I think they, uh, they, they abolished the uh, the research. Now we still may have neutron bombs. I don't know, but uh, uh, we we'll, hope we don't find out someday. But uh, so anyway, what a neutron bomb does when it explodes, it uh, the radiation comes out, but there's no <clears throat> real explosion, and it kills just about everything that's around, everything that's biological anyway. And it's interesting that, because um, that would be the only kind of uh, nuclear weapon that Israel could use. Otherwise, they'd be contaminating the whole land. You know, um, you wouldn't be able to walk around Israel for, you know, 10,000 years. Um, so it uh, the neutron bomb is the only thing that I can see. And, you know, perhaps Israel has the capability to, maybe they have little bomblets in, in each bomb that comes in. And uh, that would resemble uh, hailstones coming down. You know, and uh, those little uh, guided, uh, what they used to call them, MIRVs, multi-re-entry uh, vehicles. Multi-independent re-entry vehicles, I think, is what the MIRV stood for, M-I-R-V. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so if, if that's the case, um, whether they would be dropped from, from airplanes or what, um, or, or sent by missiles, and we all knew that Israel has space capability, they've launched satellites. Um, so, and who's, who's, who's to say that some of those satellites don't have those things in them already? I, I would if I was Israel. <laughs> I, I think I was going to say, if I was Israel, you, well, you know they do. <laughs> yeah, <on>. exactly. <laughs> so, so anyway, and that's, you know, and you know okay. somehow, some way, America's helped them to be doing that in spite of uh, who's in office or who's, you know, ranting and raving uh, anti-Semitism in America. There's still enough. Christians that love Israel and love the uh, the Jews and love the Word of God in regards to that. Exactly. So, uh, anyway, I just thought it quite interesting that this news article comes up now. Um, it's right around the 23rd when you were you were talking about um, uh, CERN starting up. And, uh, you know, and then uh, followed by some blood moons. By the way, I haven't seen the blood moon, Shima. Can you explain that? I because I, I saw the last ones, or are we are we talking about the last ones, and this is just an extension of them? Well, the blood moon is basically a harvest moon, you know, and yeah. we always see that every you know every year, but we never see two or three together. And four is very rare. It's only happened like five, six times in history as we have been able to record it, and every time it's been significant to Israel, and it's um it's got to do with um the earth-moon relationship in its in its passing and everything. And, and when there's a harvest moon, somehow the effects of the moon are like 50 to 60 minutes more than what it would typically be. And so as soon as the sun comes up, I mean, this moon is already actively, I mean, as soon as it goes down, it's already actively influencing the tides on earth. Now, the reason why all this is important is just as the moon um, – an Earth relationship has a bulging effect on the t- on the water, on the oceans, on Earth. In some areas, depending on how its position is, some areas will be dried up at low tide, wherever there's water on the surface of the Earth, and other areas will be flooded out with high tide because of the positions of everything. So when you have this happening like four different times in a row, it's very unusual. And it's always been a sign, as in the Word of God, it's been a major sign and turning point for Israel. God is showing that in spite of how things happened, when it happened, where it happened, I am doing something special. And here's my sign to prove that this is me doing it. 
And it's always had an impact on Israel, whether it be really good, um, like the six, the seven days war where they recaptured or regained uh, Jerusalem, or whether it be very, very bad when Titus or when Anatakis Epiphanes IV came in and sacked Jerusalem and tore it apart and, you know, things changed forever for um, the Hebrews at that, at that time. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But it always consistently has been significant to the impact of, of Israel. So we've had a four um, a four time repetition of that event happening again, which I said only happened like four or five times in all of the history that we've been able to record. Mm-hmm. And so this time has got to be consistent with everything else that's already been consistent. So somehow today is the end or the conclusion of the four blood moons. The blood moon, the only reason it's red is because it the earth casts between the sun, the earth and the moon, it casts a reddish appearance on the moon. Right. Uh, and, uh, like a, a shadow, really. And and so, you know, we, a harvest moon every fall, that happens. We have, That's why we call it a harvest moon. But it's it's a blood moon. But that's a typical thing. You know, two or three is, uh, has other significance. But four, that's a major, you know, a bell should go off, a light should go off or something in our heads that you know, that, that our Bible scholars are studying the Bible. Whoa, this is really a major important thing. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what we're seeing today as a conclusion. Uh, and so now the thing is with an earth axis shift, and there did appear to be all of the evidence of an earth axis shift this year. However, I haven't seen anything anywhere on this. Mm-hmm. And Facebook is an awesome, it, it does have an awesome quality. Dave, Back when you and I first met each other in Roswell in 2004, there was only a handful, maybe 12, 15 people at the most that had any clue of the Nephilim of Genesis 6. Nobody right. knew about it. Right. Nobody knew about it. Mm-hmm. So back in that day, there was only us to watch and be aware of these things. Man, we must have done something right because now there's thousands everywhere that are watching and aware of this stuff. And so Facebook is like a it's been a great hub for all of us. You know, the thing that I enjoy about it is there's a lot of people out there inspired, motivated, anointed. They're searching, they're studying, they're looking, they're picking up tidbits. We're working as a um, it's been a hard go, but we are working as one to find the answers. Mm -hmm. So. No one person is going to have the answer, but collectively, if we come together, we're going to get a better, clearer picture on at least some things. And so I, I draw a lot, a lot too. I mean, sometimes um, I'll get more than I could possibly handle, but now God's starting to send more people into my ministry so that we can start processing this as a group. Exactly. Um, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. But, um, you know, because not no one person is ever going to have the old answer. And when you think some, or when somebody claims to, you better run away. This guy's, right. you know, it's, it's just like, you know, uh, people had tried to uh, uh, pinch me into saying, well, Jim, are you trying to say that Jesus is coming back on the 23rd? It's, you know, it's the second coming. No, man, I'm not going to play no Herald camping guessing game on. The, I mean, the right off, as soon as anybody says, I know the day, you know, come on. The Bible tells you that nobody's going to know. So as soon as you say, you know, I don't yeah. know about anybody else, but I'm plugging my ears up and I'm not listening to you. That's right. Because you don't know. That's It'll right. be an aha experience. Whatever, you know, some things are going to be an aha experience. We're not going to know until God only, you know, flicks the switch and all of us know at one time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, look at this. Uh-huh. So, so you know, it's the hardest thing for us to have is patience. Let's just wait and see. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, man, 
I've had Dave, I've had people come up to me and say, well, this is a time tested, proven doctrine. I mean, it's we've had it for 100 years. This new stuff, you know, it's just it's it's too different. It's too strange. Time tested doctrine on something that hasn't happened yet. What are you nuts? Yeah. Can you yeah. hear yourself? Don't no. you know what Daniel said in second chapter? He said he said, shut up and seal up what you saw. Because this isn't for you. This is at the time of the end when people's knowledge increase and they run to and fro. What does running to and fro mean? Oh, we've got trains. We've got airplanes. Uh, no. Knowledge. When people start running to and fro, they're going literally to and fro, to and fro, dimensional, time, everything. And guess what's happening? When you hear rumors of Project um, Pegasus and Project um, at the Montauk or the Diglaka, the bell that the Philadelphia Nazis. Philadelphia experiment. Philadelphia yeah. experiment. Uh, come on, guys. Wake up. Look at as our knowledge progresses, we begin to understand some of the scriptures that are talking about bending space, traveling through a wormhole. Um, the multiverse, the locust coming out has nothing to do with grasshoppers modified. It's got to do with something coming out that's coming out because they're being dialed in to come out. I mean, these things are progressive in nature. So how can you cling to man-made doctrines that actually don't have any scriptural foundation whatsoever? Mm -hmm. And you're going to lock yourself into that and not be open to understanding that prophecy is progressive. Right. And some things we have to leave the dogma behind and see what God is really doing. Yeah. So we're looking at areas where nothing's happening and we're not looking in other other areas where everything's happening. Everybody's looking at the Euphrates River. Oh, when is the, the army gonna cross and, and the, the final battle? Because the Euphrates River isn't a river, it's an ocean current, and you look you better be looking in the Antarctic. That's right. Nothing's happening in the Euphrates right now, but <laughs> what's happening in the Antarctic? Mm-hmm. The ice is melting. Pyramids are showing up. Cities are showing up. Technology. All the leaders of the world are going and gathering over there. Why? Because there's something interesting. The Nazis realize there's something interesting over there. They formed a base to 11. I mean, you know, we're not looking in the right places for the right things because we're too close minded, wrapped up in our dogma and not the real thing. Peter warns us. He says, you know. Uh, one day is, is a thousand years. A thousand years is one day. Uh, there'll be a day when everybody says everything is the same as it ever was. There's, you know, nothing's changing. Um, he says, you know what? Everybody's so confused that there's going to be a day when everything is shooken up. So that the only thing that's going to last is what is what is sound to separate the garbage from what's real. We're in this time right now. Man, people, if you believe all the little flip out charts, if you believe the left behind series, you're probably going to be the first ones to come running into my museum, museum to find out what the heck's really going on because there ain't nothing happening right. the way you've ever taught the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. There is no chart for us to pull out. I can't even tell you this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. God has shown me clearly different events, and it's confirmed you two guys, too, have had firsthand experience of seeing certain things. Certain things are going to happen, but how does it happen in what successive series? I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not even asking God to know. Right. I understand something that all we all need to understand. Our dependency has to be on Jesus every day. If we suddenly had the whole picture and the whole answer, where's our dependence going to be on? We don't need to tap into Jesus, because now we know exactly how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. 
Right. God doesn't, he doesn't play mental mind games with us and just get tidbits here and there and keep us confused for the rest. The only reason we will never find out some of these things is unless we come together. So God will put some knowledge in a Calvinist, some knowledge in an Arminianist, some knowledge in a Jesus only, some knowledge in a Trinitarian. Trinity. Right. He's going to make us come together, set aside our doctrine, and be as one. When we be as one, all of a sudden, my gosh, instead of conflicting why we're different, we find out what piece we have and how it fits together, and we get the whole picture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So this is what's going to happen. So, you know, I, I just, I'm excited, but I see that that um, we are stuck in our ways, mm -hmm. and we're not going to be willing to love our brother because he loves Jesus too until all of a sudden we're all dying under the same name right. for the same reason, for the same cause. Then all of a sudden it doesn't matter whether we baptize in the name of the Jesus, in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, or Jesus' name. Man, it doesn't matter whether you baptize in Jello or whether you sprinkle, dinkle, or whatever the heck it is. You know, it's going to be, we're all dying for the same Lord that we love, that we want to serve. Mm -hmm. We may have, not have a full picture, but now all of a sudden, we're all on the same page. So right. when when some prophets say all these all these great calamities are going to happen, and another one says all oh, this great outpouring is going to happen, and others stand outside of it and they go, I'm confused. How come some of you say this is going to happen? How come some of you say the opposite is going to happen? Because if you understand the Bible at all, we do not get our act together until all hell breaks loose. Then we're forced to get together, and we do. So both are right because one is seeing one side of the story. One is seeing the other side of the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's there's so much of that, man. We get so wrapped up in this world as if it's really even real. Right. And right. <laughs> that's the fun part. <laughs> that is the mind-blowing fun part. And usually us old farts, you know, that have been around a while, we've got some wisdom, we've lived and survived, overcome so much garbage. We think, I, I hate to say it in our own vanity, we think we got the whole story. So there's the youth. They have grown up with DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, role-playing games, Halo, uh, you know, all these different th things. You know what? They have been indoctrinated into theosophy. They have been indoctrinated into understanding the principles of quantum physics. They understand the enemy and what he is using against us as sophisticated on a uh, uh, microscopic level, subatomic level, more than us oldies could even ever imagine. But we think we've got all the wisdom. They don't know what the heck they're talking about. And I, their educational system has made most of them not very logically deductive in reasoning. But because of the programming that the enemy has put into them, they're more on top of some things than our generation is. Right. So there's a need in there. Millennials, boomers, we got it. And, and those in between Xers, we got to all get together because each one of our generations has an important piece to the puzzle. And then we're busy fighting each other and calling each other idiots or blaming uh, the the oldies for the condition we're in. And and uh, we're blaming you for being mindless idiots. And you're not. But you have been dumbed down to the point where you have a hard time being logically deductive in things. But it's not your fault because you were never taught how to. We need to reconcile all of that with grace and mercy, come together, and all of a sudden, my God, we're going to blow our minds. We all have an important piece to the puzzle. Then we get the whole picture. So, I mean, it, it crosses age. It crosses, um, you know, race. It crosses all kinds of stuff. Right. And right. so that unity is essential to 
having the ability to be overcomers, to have the ability to um, get through all this stuff. Right. But as long as we stay divided, we're not going to get the clear picture. We're going to be angry, be frustrated, we're going to be fearful. And also, Jim, you know, a lot of people listen to that that scripture that I just read, and they'll go, oh, yeah, horses and chariots. Yeah, right, right. Exactly, but, yeah. But all you got to do is look up the, you know, I just, while you were t- speaking, I, I looked up uh, the word horse. And it means, it could mean horse. It could mean chariot horses. It could also mean swift and shallow. Uh, and then if you look at horseman, it actually means the driver of a chariot. So, and but if the root word yes. for ho- the root word for horse, um, the etymology it's um, it says from an unused root meaning to skip proper uh, properly and for joy. So in other words, the army is going to be coming down joyfully. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be on horses, but he's going to be driving something and coming down joyfully to to take. And, and it, yeah, and it's going to be skipping. Have you ever seen an A1 Abrams tank? going at full throttle yeah that sucker's exactly. skipping over like a stone like a, a flat stone over water you know exactly. <laughs> that's very yeah. true yep uh-huh so uh-huh. yes yeah, so i dave i have done the same thing i've looked at some of these things because i really struggled with the idea well are we going to get nuked first and we're going to be reduced down to you know swords and, and horses or no deal yeah you look at the words and you find out you know there's an entomology there that's a possibility that they're describing men in vehicles that they can't possibly begin to understand. When the lions that have fire coming out of their mouth, dragons with fire coming out of their mouth, you look at all of this and you begin to see what are we looking at. But I know I'm going to get off on a bunny trail here, but we're not going to stay on it very long. UFOs. There is an organic type of UFO, and it's underbelly pattern. has a um, uh, like a hexagonal pattern. Uh, the one that crashed in Roswell was actually one of them was a, almost like a living or, organic, uh, organic um, part machine part, um, like a biometric mm-hmm. vehicle. Yeah, it was it was alive, but it did have uh, metallic parts. You look at the underbelly of the thing; it looks like the scales of a dragon. Huh. I believe it. And it has long tail. It's like a manta ray. That's actually what the ship looked like. It looked like a manta ray. So you're in the 1500s and you're looking up above and you see this scaly looking thing with fire coming out of it and a tail. It looks like a dragon. Sure it does. It's a leaving organic vehicle, a taxi cab between one dimension to the other that is part of the physics and process of heaven. It's called a cherub. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, just look up in the Ezekiel, uh, uh, what it is, uh, um, 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 um. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Chapter, Ezekiel's no, no, mm-hmm. Ezekiel, the very first chapter to the tenth chapter. Right. But with all of this stuff that all these the UFO community is trying to, you know, define for us a spaceship, there's a certain amount of it that is symbolic to cycles and patterns that are going to be throughout the whole history. But one thing that the UFO community never quotes is the tenth chapter, where Ezekiel sums up what he saw. He said, "And I knew." This, he's talking about the cloud of heaven that came out of the um, the whirlwind. Now, the whirlwind, he we think of a tornado, Dorothy and Toto's tornado. Right. He says he's looking down into the whirlwind. What's that? That's a wormhole. Yeah, exactly. And it comes out of this wormhole, and it's a cloud of heaven. Mm-hmm. And the cloud of heaven starts telling him all these prophetic things. And he's at the river uh, Kyber, so uh, being taken into captivity. So in the 10th verse, he says, and I saw... The living creature, the I, and I saw the cloud of heaven at the river Kyber. The living creature, that's right, I'm sorry. It says, and I saw the living creature by the river Kyber, and I knew that they were the cherubim. Mm-hmm. 
cherubim is an angel, an angel that protects and covers. It also, so um, you look at all the other scriptures about clouds of heaven or cherubim. God drives upon a swift cloud upon the wings of the wind. God drives upon a cherub upon the wings of men. He maketh the cherub his chariot. Mm -hmm. Between all those scriptures, it's clearly telling you that cherub and, and cloud of heaven are interchangeable. It's a living, organic vehicle, a taxi cab, a heavenly taxi cab going from the third heaven, which is outside of time and space, God's domain, traveling through the second heaven into the first heaven, which is the atmosphere around this planet. Right. Um, that's in uh, what is it? Second Kings twenty or Second Samuel twenty second chapter. There's a description of uh, uh, David singing a song of praise to God. Is how he came from heaven and came down to the earth to vanquish his enemies. He said he bowed the heavens and came down. Yea, he he maketh the clouds his pavilions, dark clouds, drooping clouds. You know all this other crazy sounding stuff in in English translated from the original um, Hebrew that. The translators at the time had no understanding of what we know today. So they did the best they could with what they had. But it comes out looking like psychobabble. Every commentary on it comes out even worse psychobabble because the technology wasn't there when they made the, the commentaries. Again, they're trying to do the best with what they had. Right Now in the 21st century, some biker welder from Detroit looks at all this stuff, thinking outside of the box, praying, fasting. And all of a sudden, he's shown, look, look at these Hebrew words. Bowed the heavens mean bent space. Right. The cloud billions around him is a wormhole that he's traveling through. The stream under his feet is the slipstream. Mm -hmm. It's the Bosen-Einstein bridge, man. It's a wormhole. He's going from one dimension outside of time into a linear time. And the cloud that's protecting, wrapped around him, it's not protecting him. It's protecting the world because he's going at a time before Christ died on the cross. Right. So he's got to protect everything from being devastated. Uh -huh. So... The cherub that covers is nothing more than an intergalactic taxi cab. Right. right. And it was a living being, a living uh, thing. Now, the secrets of heaven, as the Book of Enoch says, was scattered amongst men so that now man can do everything that the angels do. And what is that? That is travel interdimensionally. We're not supposed to do that. We're in a fallen place. We're not supposed to stay anywhere but right where we're at. Mm -hmm. And it's only for our own protection. Yet in the last days, what is it all about? It's about going places where you're not supposed to be, going to and fro. Right, right. So, may we come full circle. This is part of the end time deception. God is doing, is restricting us, not because he wants to lord over us. He's trying to protect the children he loves so that they can overcome this crazy Pinocchio world, which isn't even real, which every quantum physicist knows now. Mm -hmm. Now we're beginning to understand these things, too. I mean, right. now that our knowledge has increased so far beyond, we are, I guess you might say, on the verge of, or have actually already been with the help of demonic influences, we've surpassed that prime directive now. We know how to interstellarly travel. I believe there is a secret um, space program. We've probably already been to Mars. Every indication is that the elite are planning on a massive evacuation and an escape if things get too bad. Mm -hmm. But they are... They have a hope of this airlifting to safety. Right. You know, Jesus, funny. go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know if you watched it. I think it was last year. There was a program on it. Oh, the Lord, Lord help me. I can't remember the name of it. But it was about um, this program. This There was this rich billionaire or whatever, and he had this spaceship that he was building to go to Mars. 
to, and he had a select group of people he was going to take with him. And the government found out about it, I guess. And um, well, anyway, uh, so it got quite involved, and because it would take a half hour to describe it, so I'm not going to do that. But anyway, at the end, oh yeah, there was an asteroid approaching Earth. That's what it was. And uh, so then they were going to, you know, they're trying several different ways to to destroy the asteroid. But every time that they would send something up there, the asteroid would move out of the way. So then it it kind of showed that it had an intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but they didn't figure that out till the end. And so what happened is, uh, what happened is this thing come, it starts entering the atmosphere and they're, they're getting ready to launch this, uh, this ship that's supposed to go to Mars and that somehow gets messed up. And this, this, uh, asteroid comes down and it lands, not lands, but just kind of comes down and hovers. And they ended the stupid show that way, the series. And never started it back up again. I was so angry. I, I was like, I'm writing to the network about this. I never got to do that. But um, it's like, okay, so what happens now? You know? But I, I do think that that's, you know, that's, uh, they're, they're giving us little glimpses to these. Yes, if there's a are. series that you're watching and it lasts for one or two seasons and then they take it off, take real interest in that series because it's something that the Illuminati is trying to show you that they're working on. Uh, something that the elites are doing that they're they're working on, and and it's uh, it's going to come into fruition someday, but only when the Lord allows it to happen, of course. Um, but uh, so you know they were right there. They were saying there's there's going to be something that unites the earth together, so that they 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 work together to battle this thing. But this thing is going to come down and save mankind from mankind itself. You know, you, and you know there was a, there was a series called Dark Skies back in the late nineties. And I think it had, I don't know whether it had just one season or, or two, but it, it was on just for a short time. It was about this guy that uh, ended up working for um, the government, um, John Lowengard, I think it was his name. And uh, it was the whole, about the whole UFO alien cover-up, you know, from the government. But it was in, it included MK Ultra, and he ended up working on the highest level of, of uh, trying to actually clandestinely stave off uh, an invasion from the gray aliens. So this whole thing, you know, was going on and, uh, and it went for a whole series and all of a sudden they ended it right away. I got an email letter from the producer of the movie. Cause I, you know, there was like a fan club thing that I had joined. Right. He was asking everybody to, uh, to protest, to put in, you know, if you really enjoyed the program, keep it on. And, and they actually came out and admitted, they said, look, this is all truth that we're trying to put into a, um, science fiction story format to help people that? prepare that, they the producer of the program oh i mean oh. i had a smoking gum i kept it but i had a uh, one of many hard drive crashes and i lost it oh oh i know it was a smoking gun and i looked to see if any i could find any copies from anyone else man i couldn't find it oh. so it's my word against the universe you know i, I mean i don't know but i mean it, it was there and i had the darn email and they were asking everybody to support. They admitted that you know, the producers of the company admitted that this was truth, but they knew they couldn't put it out as truth and put it out. So they put it out as a science fiction movie, um, hoping that people would get it. So, I mean, you know, it's it's our anchor for everything has to be the word of God. Right. There are there are symbols all over the place warning and telling us of things. But the problem is who's telling us and what are they telling us? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you have the Simpsons program and you see, you know, a cartoon that was what, I don't know, it was maybe a decade before it actually happened. It shows President Trump going down an elevator, a sign dropping, and um, this is on the this is on the cartoon for Simpsons. Right. Ten years later, that exact thing. I mean, you could here's the cartoon, here's the reality. Uh-huh. How does that happen? Because we're dealing with an enemy that is not bound by time and space. They're messing with our minds. Right. But the problem is, you can't go by all of these things. These things have to be anchored in the Word of God, mm-hmm. and. If you don't, you don't know what is being proclaimed as part of quantum physics says you have to state something first before it becomes a reality. And so that's why we see all these things through movies, through media, through everything. Um, they have to state things. Other things is they uh, reaffirm what they've accomplished by proclaiming it, sometimes hidden in plain sight, sometimes they're just boldly proclaiming it. Right. You know? And then you have another faction or group apparently that are trying to prepare the people, you know, from a different perspective. Not that there's a lot of different perspectives. They could be playing good alien, bad alien, good cop, bad cop, you know, to mess their minds. The problem is with all of that, if you're just going to go by symbols, you are going to be the most delusional, most panicky, most, most, uh, emotionally reactive person on this planet. You have no foundation. You're looking at icing that goes on the cake, but you're not looking at the cake. The cake is the word of God. This is just icing. If it is compatible to the word of God, you'll drive yourself crazy. I've seen way too many conspiratorial people go crazy, go bananas because they're all hung up on the evidence and not the foundation. The foundation tells you and sorts out what is past, what is present, what is future, what is good, what is bad. You have no understanding of any of it or how to process all of this any other way. It has to be anchored in the word of God, rightly divided. When you get that, you'll understand. Unfortunately, too many people that are in doctrine. Now, some people have just given up on a church altogether, so they don't get good, sound, balanced teaching on other things that they need as their foundation. And because of that, they get off on this wild uh, bunny trail. Unfortunately, with even the traditional church, they can give you some basic elements of the mind of Christ. But when it gets off into this, they throw the baby out with the bathwater every time because they will not consider that there's any truth in some of the New Age stuff. They will not consider that there's any truth mixed in the occult beliefs. And that's right. where they fail. That's where we as a church grossly fail because we're afraid to address an element that is true based on a false premise and a false conclusion. And while we continue to do that, we will never have an answer for the hope that's within us. We'll have a general answer, but the enemy is pulling out all stops. He's throwing everything at us on every kind of level, including a quantum level. If we don't take the time to bravely, boldly trust God to let us venture into the darkness, to understand the total part of the darkness, we're not going to have a total answer to fight that darkness. We're going to have some vague, stupid, lame brain, um, you know, it's the do- of the devil. That's it. Right. That's. I'm sorry. That's not good enough. We'll dig a little deeper and find out what the darkness is so that you have an answer, according to God's word, that slices and dices right through the darkness and brings light to the person that so desperately needs it. But a lame question, uh, I mean, a lame answer that is some general broad description that means nothing, 
that's the, all that you're doing is reinforcing their doubts on Christianity. And they're going to go running to the new age moment. They're going to run to the Federation and be a part of the member. Cause, Oh my gosh, this is fun. I've been waiting for this forever. I never thought it'd be real. Uh huh. They, they think they're joining heaven and they're going to hell. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Hey Jim, you mentioned uh, before we were on the air that uh, some, there was, you heard that there may be some news coming from uh, uh, the Sanhedrin. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't had time to check it out fully, but I knew that a new Sanhedrin had been created. And then um, one of the Facebook friends of mine said that they were asking me, hey, Jim, do you know the date when the the announcement of the Sanhedrin is? Whoa. OK, what announcement? No, they said they were going to give a major announcement to the 70 nations of the earth. Um, something important. Okay. And I said, oh, my gosh, man, this could be the trigger for what, you know, was going on today right now. But uh-huh. he thought it was like either today or tomorrow. Um, I didn't hear about any date on anything. I knew one was formed, but I didn't know they were getting ready to make it out. Now, I did have I get subscriptions to all kinds of news things, mostly, uh, you know, left, right, um, um, you know, and Jerusalem news and stuff like that. So I got one. Not sure who posted it but um i got one and it did say something about the new sanhedrin ready to make a major announcement i didn't have time to read the details or anything so i'm sure that it's the same thing that this brother from the facebook uh, was telling me about so apparently today or tomorrow they're supposed to be making some major announcement i could be wrong on it it might be just they're they're planning on doing it i i don't have the details on it but something like that could be the major impact or have a major impact on israel i do know one thing something today at the end of the four blood moons is going to impact israel in some way may not be immediately but we may see it you know down the road very soon so i'm watching i hope everybody else is going to be watching too but you know i'm 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 so encouraged, Dave, that, you know, the days when back when we were around, man, there was a handful of people and you never just thought we were just nuts. Now there's a lot of people that are watching. They're watching, they're studying, they're they're brilliant, they're faithful to the Lord. Um, and some of them are, you know, they don't have a good balance maybe, but, you know, they're trying with what they have. But, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing to see how it's gone from the days when we were doing it, um, mm-hmm. isolated and alone, and now seeing the huge amount of people that are fully capable and equipped to uh, find this stuff out. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, because I've been searching for it and I can't find it. You know, I, I found, and you know, if you're from a news source and you're listening to this, for goodness sakes, when you post something, put a date on it. <laughs> yeah, there you, you know? go. Well, you know, and that's the thing that you and I have found out too, that, that you got to dig through a lot of dirt to find the gold. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of dirt out there. And uh, you have to take a lot of things um, in stride lightly until it can be verified. And, and, and no, I mean verified verified by the word of God. I don't. Some things are going to be deliberately covered up. And when you understand the scriptures that it's going to be successful right until the very end, uh, except, you know, I, I mean, that if it were possible, even the very elect would be deceived. Well, the idea that if it were possible means that for a time, they are going to be deceived. Mm-hmm. So something is being covered up. So you're not going to get clear evidence. You're not going to be able to vet everything out. Rumors are important. Consider them. Investigate them. And if you find enough 
vague evidence, that might be all you're ever going to get. But if that vague evidence fits and complies to the word of God, you better hang on to that. Because that's all you're ever going to get, because that's a successful cover up for a time that is going to deceive the majority of the world. It doesn't mean it's false. We're trying to live by the earth, the, the worldly standards. I don't live by that. I live by the word of God. If the word of God says this is going to happen, this is going to happen. I don't care how it happens. I don't care um, that I have to validate every little and document every little thing. No. If it's happening right before my eyes and the Bible says it's happening, but I have no proof or evidence. My proof and evidence is in the word of God. I don't care about the world standards that you have to vet this out. No, I don't. I did. According to the word of God, you believe the Bible? That's what it says is going to happen. And guess what? It's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, no, that's, this is replacement theology. I guess it's time to start getting into it. I'm uh, before you get one. into that, I think I found what we were okay. looking for. Um, All right, good, good deal. Go ahead. And it says, uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, Sanhedrin host conference of 70 nations. And I'm going to read it real quick here. On September 26th. And see, like I said, there's no date on this. I don't know if it was this year, last year, or what. Yeah, is it 2017, 2018? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Real, real quick, let's look at the calendar because if it's a yeah. Saturday, I know it's not going to happen. No, it's on a Thursday. Okay. Because, you know, the. Okay. On September 26th, yeah, Sanhedrin will be hosting the first conference of the Organization of 70 Nations, at which representatives of several nations will attend. The conference is to bring together all the nations. Uh, under the common belief of the sanctity of the Bible and the sanctity of all mankind, the uh, members of the organization agreed to the sanctity of Jerusalem as the, as and, and the temples, as excuse me, as well as the sanctity of God's covenant established with all mankind through Noah. So it's going into Noahide thing. Uh, every nation and ethnic group who sees itself as part of humanity and therefore accepts responsibility to join to join a universal covenant of brotherhood and peace is invited to take place uh, in this organization of 70 nations. Uh, and it goes on to say the concept of 70 nations is taken directly from the Bible. God established the borders of the world based on the 70 children of Israel who went down to Egypt and the 70 nations that came out from Noah. Uh, the Sanhedrin's proclamation explained the concept of the 70 nations is from the Bible and symbolizes the basis for the organization while not being intended to imply a limit or requirement for t- participation the concept of 70 nations also appears in reference to the 70 oxen offered in the temple throughout Sukkot, which is a piece of tabernacles, uh, mm-hmm. which, uh, which the Talmud uh, references a, a Talmud book, Sukkah of 55b, teaches are the merit of the 70 nations. Uh, the conference will address the inability of the United Nations to maintain peace among the nations. Included in this are actions by the UN that uh, contravene the Noahide pr- principles that are the basis upon humanity, which humanity exists. One example of this is the UN agenda to promote abortion and euthanasia as a human right. Um, other things on the agenda, the, con- the uh, conference will also address the actions of the UN against Israel and the biblical covenant that grants the land to the Jewish people. And there's three or four prayer targets. So that might be what he was talking about. That's kind of yeah. Well, it's yeah. kind of neat in that they're calling the UN ineffective and <laughs> and anti-biblical, which they are. Yeah, they are. So that could be quite possibly what he was talking I'm, about. Yeah, I I think it is. I'm sure that must be what it is. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it is a step in that direction, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, someday, but I mean, the flip is, the switch is being flipped and that's what people don't understand. Right. And, um, I guess I can say this before I start into anything else. I've been studying replacement theology ever since 1975 when I started getting involved in it, not knowing that it was. But almost immediately, I knew that there was something wrong. It was just a check by the Spirit. I couldn't tell you by Scripture. I was a new Christian. I was only a year old in the Lord. Right. But when I started getting into the... Um, I think it was the church, Worldwide Church of Tomorrow, Garner Ted Armstrong. The Worldwide Church of God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. It's been a long time. Um, you know, I started getting their literature and everything. And when they, and I started wondering, oh, wait a minute, you know, it doesn't seem, what they're saying, I don't see that exactly like they're saying in the in the Bible. Right. But I list, you know, a lot of it sounded pretty good. They seemed very informative on end time events. But, I started getting their literature, and then I got one piece, and they were saying that Jesus was the Son of God, but not God the Son. Oh, my gosh. I was devastated. I right. thought, you know what? If I, I may not know a lot about prophecy, but there's one thing I do know. My Jesus is God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. If you have seen the Father, you have, I mean, <clears throat> if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the, I am the Father, am one. Right. I knew that much. Um you know, I knew that, okay, you know what, that's it. I have nothing more to do with it. Now, later when I got involved in understanding the word deeper and getting able to um, study the Bible in the original languages, knowing how to use different reference materials and everything, um, I, I wanted to know about this replacement theology. How could Christians get so deceived that they'd end up being on the wrong side, you know, of the of history of everything? So I've been studying this for four decades. I'm not new to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not anything anybody's ever been able to tell me to prove that I'm wrong in my perceptions or anything. I've got a chapter, text, and verse for every word to refute and history and culture and um, uh, cultural idioms, language, how it's spoken in the in the word. I mean, I've had mentors that are some of the, the uh, finest brains in this world it's funny because one of them um if he knew what i was doing today he'd probably write a book just on on how weird i am um you know bless his heart i mean he he comes from a denomination that i no longer am a part of but i'm neither a calvinist or an armenius I, i've said this many times i'm i'm both and i'm neither and right. uh calmanius i'm a Baptocostal, uh whatever you want to call it but uh I'm able to, and yet I'm able to work with both, even though both have an element of truth that doesn't separate them from the love of God. Um, they both have a misunderstanding. It's all based on, you know, there's three parts, a spirit, soul, and a body. And you can't address salvation on a one-dimensional level saying it's all in one package. No, it's not. There's a salvation um, of the body can't happen unless it dies and then raised new. There's a salvation of the spirit that is eternal and sealed until the day of completion. But there's a, di- uh, a salvation of the, the soul that's an ongoing uh, battle. You can gain, lose, or lose. And that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So both the Calvinists and the Arminians are totally right. But they're too busy fighting and demonizing each other. They're never going to get together until they're forced to get together because both of them have an important element of truth. 
when they can come together and reconcile one another that, hey, you're my brother. I love you. Um, I don't agree with you, but I, you're still my brother and I love you. And God commands us to love one another as family because it's the only way the world's going to believe what we're trying to say. When we go and beat each other up, you know, I am, you know, when I go to these chat groups and I, that's why I've never joined any of these um, groups. But I'm realizing now God is telling me, start joining, start mixing, start talking. I never did because I got so sick and tired of the arguments. It grieved me. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd get out of these grooms, rooms and I'd start crying. God, we are so divided. We're so, I can't even talk to these people. They're so filled with anger towards one another. Well, we're in different times. I think God's spirit is really trying to impress on everybody to get unified. Man, we had a crap storm get ready to hit the fan and it's aimed right at every Christian. We got to get it together. Someone has to try. So, it, you know, it's a different environment. It's a different time. And I think God is and people are ready for this now. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's just. Um, <laughs> no, I've gone on a bunny trail and can't remember where I started at. I'm sorry. Yeah, we were talking about replacement theology and. Oh, oh OK. So so God has had a way to prove the stupidity and the falseness of Replacement theology, my God, all replacement theology is repetitiveness of the same spirit of Antichrist that caused the Holocaust that is going to try to cause another one. Unfortunately, those people that adhere to the doctrines and beliefs of, of um, replacement theology, if they don't repent from that and see the error of their ways, they're going to be on the wrong side of the beaches attacking Israel. That's right. Well, the rest of the faithful are going to be on the beach defending Israel. Mm -hmm. Going to be on the wrong side of history. Now, I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. I'm a Calvinist. I believe one saved, always saved. So you're still saved. But boy, when you get up there, <laughs> dude, you think you're you're some great defender of the faith? Uh huh. You're a you're the biggest screw up in the world, and you're going to pay eternally for it. You're going to be scrubbing those gold streets of gold while I'm walking on it, going into inner sanction with Jesus. Right. Because you, you pissed away. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say crew. <laughs> you have you have destroyed the way by refusing to have grace and mercy and understanding. You have accepted the same Nazi lie that Adolf Hitler and Heinrich Himmler had to come against the residents, the people of Israel. When you yourself probably, whether you like it or not, uh, no, you do. That's the problem. You think that you are now Israel because you've replaced Israel. You haven't replaced anything. By the grace of God, your blood has Hebrew blood in it, which is the only reason why you're saved in the first place. God had his own hybridization program going on. Read it, Amos and 1 1. Um, God was going to scatter his seed throughout all nations, to all cultures, all races so that all of the world would be filled with Israel. So, yeah, I get that part. That that part's true. Um, of the That's a major, you know, doctrine of uh, replacement theology, um, that they say that we are now Israel. The other thing, you know, Jesus um, said to the Sanhedrin, you know, that you are of your father the devil. doesn't mean, you know, that those occupants occupying Israel at that time were not true Jews. This is what they used to prove that. It's the Khazars. They're, they don't belong there. Um, they're usurpers. You know what? 
this is where you guys really mess it up. Mm -hmm. There was a Holocaust. It was in Nazi Germany. It was the Jews that fled the wrath of Titus and Rome. And they fled in up into Europe, all throughout the Roman providence even. But they fled. And some of them, the Danites especially, ended up becoming a major uh, part of uh, uh, part of Attila the Hun and his group that ended up coming down and sacking Rome and destroying it. Um, right. but the Danites, and they were Danites, because the Danites, and it's provable by migration and everything else, is pro- and I did this in my book, I got it you know, proved that way, that um, the Danites were in Denmark, Dan's land, on the Danube River. I mean, they love to name things, you know, after themselves. Now, the first place they landed was in Ethiopia. So the Danites are, some blacks are Danites, some, most whites are Danites. Most of the whites are the early Vikings. And some of them even went into uh, Ireland. Uh, mm-hmm. when the, the Irish first confronted the um, Danes, they were amazed that they had so much in common. They believed in their ancient legends and everything, the robes of their, their pontiff priests, the leaders. Everything was almost identical. Um, mm-hmm. The shipbuilding of the early Vikings was identical to uh, the tribe of Dan, in the Mediterranean style. I mean, there was so similarities. Uh, even the symbols were, were the same. So I love the way God can simplify everything and prove, you know, by word pictures. But the thing is that God, even the four blood moons, this is God's way of saying, this is what I'm doing and I approve of it. Because replacement theology says, well, the Belfort, uh, the Belfort uh, agreement that allowed the Jews to return back from Europe to return back to Israel, that was done by the Rothschilds, so that doesn't count. Right, yeah. Really, really, that doesn't count? And by what standard? Can you give me chapter, text, verse of the Bible that shows me that? Uh-huh. No, you can't, you darn fool. <laughs> because that's got enough. All the Bible said is this is what's going to happen. Did it happen? Yes, it did. How did it happen? Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. God takes a lot of things that the enemy uses to try to destroy it to make and complete what he intended to do. He just said it was going to happen. There is no scripture anywhere that says it has to be according to this guideline of rules. Right. He just said it's going to happen. Now, does the Bible say anything about the necessity of uprooting certain residents in Israel in order to establish the real Israel? You show me chapter, text, and verse, please. Mm-hmm. I've waited 40 years. Nobody's been able to ever tell me. Right. I'm still waiting. Where is it? Yeah. There isn't. You're going on man-made, stupid, stinking doctrine. And unfortunately, you're going on doctrine. That was Nazi doctrine. Right. The same Nazi lies, the priority of Zion, that they believe is, well, that proves there's a Jewish global conspiracy. You know what, dude? There is a global conspiracy on every, through every religion, every culture, every uh, race. It's global. What part of global don't you understand? Right. right. Everything's been infiltrated. The Catholic Church can see the infiltration on the Protestants. The Protestants can see it on the Catholics. Why can't you see it in your own camp, man? Everything right. has been corrupted because well, the devil's been working on that corruption for thousands of years. Go ahead. It, look at it too, Jim, that, uh, okay, well, you're, you're, you're Israelis, you're Jews. Okay, so God said that the Jews are supposed to keep the Torah perpetually. Yet 
you go to any one of those churches, they'll tell you that the, the law was nailed to the cross with Jesus. Jesus himself, I don't want to go into Paul because, you know, there's, there are those who say that Paul, you know, don't, don't read Paul because Paul didn't make any sense. I'll but go into Je- Paul. Yeah. <laughs> but go, Paul, go ahead, no. <laughs> Jesus himself said that until heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle will be taken from the law until all is fulfilled. Okay. Now, yes, we no longer have Levitical priesthood. We don't need one. Jesus is our priest, our high priest forever. We don't need Levites. We don't need Cohens anymore. You know, uh, that yeah. part was fulfilled. We don't need to do daily sacrifices, yearly sacrifices. He was our sacrifice. The law of sin and death has been fulfilled for those who have come to faith in Jesus or Yeshua and accept his sacrifice and, and are thankful to God for that sacrifice and come into a relationship with the sacrifice lamb. Um, but there are other laws that are still in effect. Okay. And heck, our whole legal system is built on those laws. That's, you know, or we're, used to we're, be. We're a republic and the republic is based on some source where everything else is extended from. Yeah. For the United States of America, our republic was based on the word of God, the Bible. Mm-hmm. And what? you can, you know, you can say that we aren't a Christian nation or whatever, but you know, at one, and we maybe never have been because we included everybody to come in. We didn't uh-huh. demand that they had to be a Christian, right? But, but for influence in the nation or anything, it was highly suggested that it was important that it be someone who believes in the principles of the Bible, because exactly. that's what our republic is based on. Exactly. Now, also, you know, I'll, I'll I'll throw this at those people too, and I'll say, okay. Do you agree Jesus is coming back? Yes, he is. Do you agree that part of the reason he's coming back, aside from, you know, taking dominion over the world, is to redeem the Jews? Yes, we do. Okay, the Jews were part of Israel. So you're saying that since you're part of Israel, if Jesus is coming back to redeem the Jews, which you obviously think you are, then you're not redeemed. You know, and if you're not redeemed, you can't be a believer in Christ because Christ redeems those that he chooses to redeem. So if you're claiming that, you know, that uh, you're part of Israel, but you're not claiming that the Jews are, but Jesus has come back to redeem them, then you yourself are proclaiming that you're not redeemed. Okay, and that pretty well sets a lot of them up right there. You know, there are those who will go off on rabbit trails, you know, and try to get out of that. But no, it's a simple it's very simple. If you claim that you're a people that that uh, <clears throat> that you, you don't claim to, that exist anymore, and that Jesus is coming back to redeem them, but you're part of them or you replace them, then you're not redeemed because He's coming back to redeem them. You see what I'm well, saying? And, yeah. And the other thing uh, on the flip side of that, Jesus said, "I come in my Father's name; you reject me." But another come in his own name, you will accept him. Uh-huh. Now, he's talking about the last days, the end times. Right. So the thing is, what he's saying is the Jews, true Jews, real Jews, in the last days are going to be at the epitome of apostasy. Right. They're going to be so bad, they can't see nothing. They've mm-hmm. lost their whole identity, even their faith. Where are the Jews right now? You know, major. I mean, it's true. In Hollywood, almost all your major producers that produce some of the filthiest, worst garbage in the world are Jews. Right. Most of your international bankers, part of the elite, Jews. Mm-hmm. You look at every other facet of society, 
Oh, see, well, that proves there's a Jewish conspiracy. No, <laughs> this was prophesied, you guys. Right. This is how bad they would be. My God, before they were taken into captivity by the Assyrians, the first uh, exile and the second one, Babylonians, they had pornography on the walls leading into the inner chamber of the temple. Uh huh. How bad can that be for Jews in the Old Testament? I mean, that is sick. Right. Pornography. I mean, mm-hmm. when you go back in Hebrews, in, in Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, and they said that they had, you know, these abominations, that's all it says. But you dig deeper and you go, oh, my God, mm-hmm. are you serious? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they did. You can, you can go to... You can go to some, and I'm not going to name out denominations because I don't want to offend anybody. But you can go to some sects of Christianity where they have idols all over, all over, on the alongside the wall. They have an idol. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. They have an idol of Jesus on the cross. I'm sorry, he's not there anymore. They took him off the cross. He went three days Amen. to hell and he got resurrected. <laughs> okay. You got other denominations of, of Protestantism that say that it's okay to be gay. Um, that it's you know that that it's a it's a lifestyle. It's not a sin. There are some denominations that say there's no sin and, and, and totally contradict what Scripture says. So does that mean that it's a Christian conspiracy? Exactly. You know, I mean, right. it, this conspiracy permeates everything, every institution, everywhere, anyone. Now, I'm not trying to generate total paranoia. No. It's just wake up and realize the reality that we're in. This is what we were warned would happen. Right. But they that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Right. That's where God wants us to be. And we're getting there. But we got to see the overall rightly divided word inspired by his spirit. Some of you people that are involved in the conspiracies, you're more into it on an intellectual level. Where's your heart for God? Do you really know? Do you know just about him? Or you do, do you know him intimately? Some of you writing with a limited edition gospel. By that I mean, you know, you've been told that the, all the gifts are gone for today, that all, all these things are gone. You know, no. The devil is throwing everything he possibly can against us. You think we're going to be running on a limited edition God, uh, gospel? Let me tell you, you know, in a couple of years, let me tell you how that limited edition is done for you. Because you're going to be end up in a FEMA camp or dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll still go to heaven. I mean, you're not going to hell. We're not talking about a salvation issue. We're talking about stupidity or preparedness. God wants you to have everything. He hasn't ever gotten rid of anything. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. He wants to give you the full gospel. We're dealing with with things like with the Jews. They're in their worst state of apostasy. I don't support Israel or the Jews for who they are today. My good friend, pastor, Pastor Steve Upshur, just went to Israel for the first time in his life in Jerusalem, had a great time. But what he found out didn't surprise him. He understood it because he understood the scriptures. The rabbis, man, if you knew if you knew Steve, this guy is witnessing. He doesn't stop witnessing people. I, I'm one of the few people that don't mind being with him because I'm just like him. Right. We're going to start witnessing stand up, whether it be in a movie, whether it be at McDonald's. We don't care. We have an opportunity to preach the gospel and people are willing to listen. By God, we're going to do it. We don't care whether people think we're the craziest people in the world. Well, over in Israel, you start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And some of them rabbis and the Jews get really nervous and some of them get really angry and upset mm-hmm. because they're in their worst state of apostasy. Right. It's just the way they're going to be. I don't support Israel and the Jews because of where they're at now. They're in a pretty stinky bad place. 
I support them for what the my word of God tells me they're going to be. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that anybody is being booted out of Israel. But it does say that the people that are there right now, one day they're going to look up in the heavens. And they're going to see him whom they have pierced. Right. And they're going to mourn as one mourns for the only begotten. Yeah. Because at that time, they're going to have the greatest revival in the world. And they're going to accept their Messiah, Jesus Christ. And Christ isn't his last name. Christ means the Messiah. They're going to the accept Jesus one. as the Messiah, the anointed one. <clears throat> That's why I support them. Not for who they are now, but for my word of God says they're going to be. Right. Nobody's getting kicked out of Israel. The people that are there are there because they belong there, because they're part of Israel. They're not Khazars. I, you know, oh, this, that. That stinks from hell. There's yeah, no, there's no, there's just, you are a Nazi. You believe that stuff, you are a Nazi. Whether you think so or not, you are a Nazi. You're believing the same doggone lies that put everybody in the death camps before, and it's going to come to the same darn conclusion again. Well, no, it isn't. God's not going to allow it. You're not going to do that this time. Mm-hmm. But you are going to be on the wrong side of the beaches, doing the wrong thing. You're going to be on the wrong side of history. And for all of eternity, you're going to heaven if you're truly born again. But, man, you're going to be on the outer rims of things. And don't you think that there aren't levels and degrees? There are. That's what God's trying to warn. Be not deceived, for God is not mine. Whatsoever man soweth, that also shall he reap. That means forever. Yeah. You know, it, it isn't some kind of a socialist government where we all get there and we're all the same. <laughs> no. Where little has been given and you've pulled it away or hid it under a basket. You're not going to get much. But for those that lead many, they'll shine as the stars in heaven. Yeah. I've been in the back 40 all my life down here because I build up my treasures up there. So I'm not planning on being in the back 40. You can scrub the streets of gold. I'm going to be walking on them with Jesus going into the inner chamber to be co-ruler and joint heirs with him. Yeah. And that's not arrogance. That's not pride. That's confidence in the the promises of God. That's what he tells me I can do if I'm a faithful servant. But my Bible says there's just no usurping of anybody out of Israel to get the right people in there to get blessed. It says that those people are there right now, especially there is a uh, scripture and it alludes to the fact that the remnant that come back are the remnant from the Holocaust. And then Jacob's seed that's been scattered all over the world come back. Now, who do you think is going to be the result of the conversion of the Jews to accept their Messiah certainly isn't going to be the replacement theologists. My God, they're ready to put them into the ground. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be those people that see and love the Jews and Israel, not for who they are now, but who they're going to be. Mm-hmm. When you go in there and you can preach to basically your enemy, because I hate to say it, they, you know, some of them get it. Some of them know that, hey, I don't believe this, but you know what? They're our best ally. They really love us. Um, so they're okay. We can, I can overlook that because how can you, how can you refuse somebody that loves you? But it ain't too hard when to refuse somebody that's wanting to kill you. Mm-hmm. You're missing the boat replacement theology people. You're listening to the same lie that Adolf Hitler and, and Heinrich Himmler tried to promote to the world. You really are. There's three frogs, three frogs mentioned in revelation 18 that is talking Okay, wait a minute, maybe it might be 16. I'm not too sure right now. It's Revelation 16 or 18. Um, 
There's three frogs. They come out of the mouth of the dragon. That's Satan. They come out of the mouth of uh, the beast. In that context, in, in Book of Revelation, they're talking about a nation. It comes out of the three. The three frogs come out of the mouth of the false prophet, an individual. So there's Satan's inspiration, a nation that promotes it, and an individual that further implements it. So these three frogs, their whole purpose is to gather the world around against Israel to try to dispose them and remove them. That's the only thing the Bible talks about any disposable of anything is that situation. Those three frogs, if you study frogs, it's pretty particular. I got a video out on the whole frog thing. It's in my, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's not in my book. I didn't understand it before when I wrote, I wrote the book 24 years ago. So right. even though it's current, there's some things that are more recent. Quantum physics stuff isn't in there either. Um, but these three frogs, their whole purpose is to gather the nations around against Israel, to dispose them from that country for whatever reason. Doesn't say why, just, well, because they hate them. So, who is trying, who has a natural hatred for Israel and has tried to dispose of them, eliminate them, rid, rid them all throughout their history? Well, that's not a hard one to figure. One is, what is um, communism? No, co communism mm -hmm. is one. Um, national socialism is another one. And Islam. There's your three frogs. Now, I think it's funny in a way because when you see that the communist bloc nations and the Muslims are the ones that are going to evade Israel in the, the um, in the uh, Ezekiel 38-39 war. They end up they end up bird food for the the birds on the sides of the mountains of Israel. One guy's still around. Mm -hmm. One guy's still around, and that guy claims to have supernatural contact with supernatural beings that gave them supernatural technology. They came from Nazi Germany and came into America, and took us over from within. That's the frog that remains standing. So basically, everybody. The global elite are a global system of Nazis. Yeah. You look at you look at the money trail who supported the Nazi agenda in the first place, and it leads right back to the United Nations. The same people are funding that because the Nazi agenda and the United Nations agenda agenda are one and the same. The New Age movement and the beliefs of the Nazis. One is an Old Testament version based on bloodline and national identity. The other is transformed into whoever believes that man becomes God. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. New Testament version is here in America. Mm -hmm. um, I love the word picture stuff. It goes back to Isaiah 14th chapter. Uh, at the time when um, Israel had defeated, no, had lost a battle with the Philistines, and the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant, or their God in a box. They took it back to their God, Dagon, put it in their temple. Of course, weird stuff happened. First time it happened, um, the uh, Dagon was on the floor before the God in a box of Israel. The next day, Dagon, and they propped him back up and put everything right again. The next morning they come in, Dagon's heads rolled off, bowed down before the God in a box of Israel. Mm-hmm. So that kind of freaked him out. So they said, uh, okay, Jews, uh, we don't like what's going on here. Come over and come on over here and get your God in a box out of here. 
They didn't want to go through a third day. Right. Well, but yet they were still boasting that, hey, you know, we defeated your God in the box. You know, we we took it from you. Mm -hmm. So Isaiah, the prophet, was sent down there and he told them, uh, boast not thou, O Palestinia, for the rod that was broken off from from them will come a cockatrice, a fiery flying serpent. Now, uh, yeah, there's more to it, but and I and I really am not even going to try to quote it right now. But because um, it's way past my bedtime and I had a busy day and I just don't have the clarity, I'll blame it on chemtrails or Monsanto food. We're all going through that. We're all going through that garbage right now, anyway. Anyways, um, they Isaiah. Isaiah's warning to them has a very specific meaning. The the nation, tribe nation that they primarily fought and got the arrest of the uh, um, the Ark of the Covenant from was the tribe of Dan, their next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. And when this happened, the prophecy was concerning basically the tribe of Dan. And the tribe, um, and the people of Philistia, which were the Philistines. Now, in my book, I go through all the elaborate, you know, immigration and cultural stuff to prove where they both ended up. God had made it so much easier. You didn't have to do that. All what it says, and I had a retranslation. I looked up every word in the Hebrew to see what was going on. And basically, it was saying, "Rejoice not, thou uh, Pal- Palestine or Philistines." For the tribe that was used to to punish you, the tribe of Dan, has been broken off. But from them, they will extract or extrude from you an offspring, a shell for the serpent to hide in. Mm-hmm. This is what the activity is going on in the last days and how um, non-human entities, demonic entities, fallen angels, are able to intermix with us looking fully human. Right, And, and that's the process of going on. There's many scriptures in Daniel and others throughout the scriptures to prove and support and back that concept up. So, and now uh, fortunately it's starting to pick up and people are accepting it or understanding that, that fact. So the thing is symbology, the tribe of Dan originally had a serpent and Eheiser, the one of the patriarchs of uh, early patriarch of uh, the tribe of Dan found that offensive. So what he did is change it from a serpent to the enemy of the serpent, which was an eagle. So wherever you saw the eagle, that's where Dan was. And throughout history, uh, the Medea Persian Empire, the first the first to leave uh, Israel or the tribes was when Moses was going back to the promised land. Certain amount of um, um, Danites were there as an influence. And then the biggest the biggest departing was into Greece. The Danites were the Argos. The Argos later became the Argonauts, which were the founders of Rome. From Rome, they went into uh, England for a short time, but they were basically, they fled over to the new place called the Wilderness, the United States of America. They were the founders of the United States of America. One of the three times that I've heard God's voice audibly was when he told me, Jim, study the tribe of Dan, and you'll see that the founders of your nation were from the tribe of Dan. Now, Dan was always a uh, dual-minded double-minded uh, tribe, one foot in, a, in the world, one foot in the kingdom. It kind of explains American history. Long story short, wherever the eagle was, that's where Dan was. Right. Uh, now, the symbol of the Philistines, oh, I love this one. The basic icon figure of the Philistines was a swastika. 
So look at the word picture there. There's a day and a time when the eagle comes together with the swastika. They are going to do genetic manipulation to make a shell for the enemy to hide it, for the serpent to hide in. And in Daniel, it says they will also have a hope to um, change times and seasons. In the in the Aramaic, they're talking about changing fixed linear time situations. Right. Who was trying to do that? Under the eagle and the swastika, the Nazis under the Third Reich were working on the diglaka, the bell. They were doing everything the Bible said they would do for that purpose. You don't have to explain anymore. Word pictures tells it all. When you see the eagle and the swastika come together, the Third Reich, the Nazi regime, in the latter days, these things would begin to happen. And everything that defines UFOs and aliens are centered around their agenda. What they did, alien abductions, is just an extension of the horrible experience that went into death camps. All the money that was funded from the Third Reich went into the United Nations. And now it's going to be the tribe. Now, you know, there was 12 tribes, but there was always 13 because there was the Levitical tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Levitical tribe, like you said, is no longer needed because things have changed. Now, everybody always thought that Dan was excluded from the 12 tribes that would be called, um, you know, 12,000 from each would be the 144,000. Dan was not mentioned. It's not included. Everybody said, well, it's because Dan, you know, is part of the, the Antichrist will come from Dan. And he does. I agree. Totally. 100%. But Dan means to judge. And in Jeremiah, uh, not Jeremiah, I'm sorry, in uh, Genesis 48th chapter, it's the prophecy that Jacob had over Dan. Said that Dan would lead or rule or be a moral conscious guide to Israel in the latter days. Dan replaces the Levitical priesthood in the New Testament times because they are explaining God's plan of salvation and protecting Jesus, or the Jews, regardless of their condition. They inherently are protecting them because the foundation of their faith this comes from them and they get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going through right here, right now for today. So replacement theology, people, you're believing all these damnable lies from hell. I hope the Holy Spirit will burn this into your consciousness, into your spirit. You're believing the lies of Nazi Germany. You are a little Adolf Hitler, see Heil, goose-stepping puppet of them, whether you believe it or not. Oh, you can candy coat it and spiritualize it and, and whatever. I've studied this stuff for 40 years. I've got an answer for every lie you have ever come across. It is not true. It is from the pits of hell. And you're going to be on the wrong side of history if you continue to follow that kind of thing. Yeah. I beg you to start praying and repent now before it's too late. Like I said, if you're really saved, you're going to heaven anyway, but you're not going to, and you're going to have fun. Everybody gets up there and they're going to realize they got what they got because what they did on earth. They're going to appreciate even being there at all. Right. Why settle for crumbs, man, when you can have the whole thing? Mm-hmm. All it takes is a little humility. You know, Dave, I know you went through it, Eric, you went through it. We both, we all three have had to reconsider many things that we were taught, many things that were traditionally that we learned that we we hung to desperately thinking that was our rightness with God as we started to learn the unveiling of what's really going on. Right. It wasn't easy, but you know what? If you don't, but where are you at now? 
I, I don't I know you guys have the same peace that passes all understanding that I have. I can look at all this crap that's going on now and I can still have peace. God is in control. We win. There's nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. That's right. My, my favorite scripture, man, Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel. No, why did I, I stuck Ezekiel in my head tonight? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Romans 8, 38. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor things past nor things future nor uh, principality nor powers nor any other creature can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Right. What a promise that is, man. Amen to that. No no weapon formed against us shall prosper, for this is the inheritance of them which believe and trust in him. Mm-hmm. Man, how can you be afraid? How can you be angry? How can you be frustrated? This world's going crazy and it's getting crazier. But, you know, God has a plan. He's going to have a reset and everything's going to be uh, the seven years of an agitation. But the first three and a half is going to be a trip, man. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. I promise that it really will. Oh, <laughs> it'll be great, but it'll still be in the midst of a lot of calamity and weird stuff and, and, and hardship. But that's the trick that God gives us. Those people that had to endure the persecutions of Nero, it drove him crazy because these people were raising their hands, praising God, thanking Jesus, giving glory to God as they were being fed to lions. Now, I don't know about you, but when I when I think of the realities of that, I had my family, um, my my two little younger kids with me. And we were going around a corner at the Detroit Zoo, and I heard the lions roaring in their in their uh, cages, which is like a cave, so you could hear them echoing. I started breaking down crying, and my kids were freaked out. My wife was freaked out. What's the matter with you? And I, I said, I just had a vision, a flash. And I saw the first such Christians as a family going into the arena and seeing the lions tear them all apart. And I didn't even see that. They didn't even notice it. Their hands were raised in the air and they were just praising Jesus because they knew in a minute they would be home and it would be all over. Right. That's the power of God upon us that the Holy Spirit can have. These people didn't really suffer. I mean, they were tortured, but you know what? They were so filled with the glory of God and his mercy and grace at that moment. It wasn't a scary thing. It was a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the love he has for us. So I'm done preaching. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because we were talking, I was talking with... um... I was talking to a patient actually the other day, and and uh, we were describing uh, pain, you know, after surgery, and mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I said, man, that must have been a lot of pain. He says, well, you know what? I really don't remember the pain. I know there was pain, but I don't remember it. And and it's true. I I got to admit, you know, I I know that after surgeries, I've gone through a great deal of pain, but I can't I can't relate to anybody what that was like because I don't really remember it. And I think that that's, you know, you talk, <laughs> you're talking about what, what they were going through, you know, and, and when we get to heaven, we're not going to remember that stuff anyway. And, and death is, um, you know, it can, yeah, some people death can be prolonged, you know, if you have a, a long disease or something like that. But I think, and I, I don't even think I know that when we get to heaven, um, it's not going to be that way. It's going to be, you know, our, our focus is going to totally be on heavenly things and not on earthly things. And we're going to v- remember very little of this world, actually, I, I do believe. Uh, because when you think about this world, a lot of the things that we went through was, was suffering and sorrow and pain and everything else. And, and those things are, are not going to be remembered because it says that he's going to wipe the tears from our eyes. And that 
that um, I do believe happens maybe at the at the process of death. You know, I, I really don't think a lot of people go, oh, you know, they're they're looking down on me and they're seeing everything. No, they're not. They're not looking down on you because if they're looking down on you, you're they're seeing that you're going through a hard time. You know, and that's not part of heaven. Uh, well, you know, here here's the thing that I, I I have to say I I disagree only in the sense that we are to overcome to have wisdom to be able to rule. Right. If we stay in a naivety set state, we're not going to be able to effectively rule. If we remember everything of how we overcame all of this, mm-hmm. then we have the wisdom to be able to rule because we know the enemy. We know what we were deceived on. We know how we overcame it. So I think we will have memory of it. But you know what? I, I you know, we don't know. Not gonna, well, there's also the, the great crowd of witnesses, is there not? Yeah. And. I think ultimately we just have to wait and see, you know, yeah. but, but I, I think there's enough scripture to indicate that, that we are joint heirs, co-rulers with Christ. He looks down, he sees everything. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to be like him. We're having, we're going to have the ability to right. to understand and process all of this, you know, on the same level, on the same level. That's blows my mind. Now, I'm not being a Mormon now. I'm not saying right. we're going to be, right. I you know, but, uh, but I'm saying, are we are going to know even as we're known? I I believe that's a full scope of of everything that that we are going to be um, his family members that have full cognizance of everything. Now the things we may not, I mean the things that won't remain is whatever has not been redeemed in Christ. Those little dark clauses, those little things that we yeah. have not been able to shake. I mean right. that can't enter into heaven. That's not right. been redeemed. It's Christ, the mind of Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. So when people think, you know, crowns and different um, rewards, our rewards is our ability to be entrusted with a level of authority based on how we were able to overcome down here. That's where it goes back to what you sow is what you reap. Hey, that works just as well in heaven as it does down here. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. um, I kind of think it, it fits in better that way. But I understand what you're saying, too, is that we're not going to have any perception of pain or suffering or sorrow right. that we had. on. That's going to be all removed. And as far as, you know, my thinking is that I, could, I overcame through what Jesus did and the things that I do here is through Jesus. So it's, you know, yes, I, I, I did overcome a lot of things and I am overcoming a lot of things, but that's only because of him. Right. And, and so, you know, when I get to heaven, he'll be the focus of that. And he'll be the glory. And he'll get the glory. But um, Chuck Missler once said, and, and, and it's always made a lot of sense to me that um, because there's no time in heaven, it's, it is possible that the saints that Jesus redeemed, you know, uh, when he went down into hell and he, he took the captives captive, um, that the people that have died over the years, uh, that knew him, uh, those of us that are living now and those of us that will live and die in the future and those who are resurrected while still alive, it's quite possible that we'll all enter heaven at the same time. And well, we, that, if, you know what? That's going to be our perception. I totally believe that. I if do. We, if we do, then we're not going to be looking down on what what's happening then because we're outside of time and space and we're not, you know, those things will have been in the past. And that's kind of hard to explain because there's no time, so there is no past. Well, yeah, none it's, of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it, not everything is static. There's a cycle and pattern. But uh-huh. yet, how you know, being stuck in a linear time, 
it's hard to wrap my mind around that. You know, yeah. I mean, it's how does that work? So I think that's where the, where it says that we will know even as we're known. We're right. never going to get the full picture until we are up there. You know, even even things like, are we going to see three, uh, two thrones and a bird? Or are we going to see one throne? You know what? It's it's not a salvation issue. It's you can believe either way. We're going to know when we're when we're up there. Then we're right. then we're going to understand it. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, not yeah. far off. <laughs> it's not far off for anyone. So you know what? Here's the thing, audience. There's no big eyes and little use. It's not like we have all the answers and, you know, we're trying to impart it to you. Watchmen, some of the audience there that's been called to research, study, pray fast. Um, let's let's work together on tomorrow. Let's see what hap- what did happen today that's going to affect tomorrow. Right. I want to see what, what happened again. Did, did CERN fire up? Did it not fire up? Um, you know, that's that's half the thing. The thing is that the four blood moons did make an impact. When we're going to see it, how we're going to see it, I don't know. I think if we work together as a team, and some of you feel inspired or, or feel like you, you've got a little piece, give us an email, a call, let us know. Sure. Uh, we want to we work with you. We want to realize that, like I said, there's no big eyes. We don't have all the answers, and there's no little use. You guys all have an important and significant part of it. We got to learn and practice to start working together. Iron sharpens iron, and we'll get a bigger, brighter picture of what we're seeing and what's going on. Exactly. Exactly. Well, those things haven't been said, and you guys haven't turned into pumpkins yet. That's quite amazing. Well, uh, I've been thinking. I've been thinking <laughs> about pumpkin pie. I'm I'm ready to go lay down somewhere. <laughs> okay. Me too, well, don't as well. Pumpkin pie because they give you heartburn really bad. Trust me. <laughs> um, so, Eric, if you if you guys wouldn't mind staying online, just uh, I, I yep. got to tell Eric something. Sure. I, I was asking him about, sure. and it worked. But um, anyway, so folks, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, we don't know who's going to be on, and uh, but as we find those things out, we'll let you know via Facebook and uh, Twitter and stuff like that. So um, stay tuned, and we'll let you know. So uh, have a blessed week, everybody. Uh, Just walk in the Lord and uh, rejoice in him always. And again, I say rejoice. And, uh, And we'll talk with you next Monday. So, okay. God bless you all. God bless you all. God bless.